with Tiada Dishmaya, let's continue with our journey here and uh, learning from the Ramchal, Rabbi Moshe Chaim Luzato, Rabbi Shalom, and knowing God's plan, which is Dasa Tebunat. So I see that there are some people that have joined us recently. So we have a website, which is uh, trusthashem.org, and the previous lessons to this one is there. I strongly suggest you go through those lessons first so that you can culminate to this one because it is a step-by-step process. You cannot jump in in between and, and get it. It's, it's hard to get even going through the, you know, the, 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 the safer in order, let alone to just jump in um, for several lessons into it. It's not, it's not going to give you the type of knowledge that you're looking to obtain. So go to trusthashem.org or you can go to the description of this group on the WhatsApp group. And there's also a podcast that we have on all the uh, Jewish podcast uh, platforms. And there's a link there to the podcast where you can also get and download and listen to the previous lessons uh, that we taught uh, while on this journey. Okay, so now let's continue. We are on part five. And so let's talk a little bit about what we're about to learn and what the, the rabbi here is going to discuss uh, to the student. And so now... It's going to discuss the general nature of evil and its effect on man. So we now need to analyze man's existence during the 6,000 years of history. Since our principal task is to remove all evil from ourselves and the world, it's essential that we clarify the exact nature of evil. So evil is a totally new phenomenon which God created to test man and give us reward. Its existence is only temporary and is contained within specific limits. So every single thing in the world comes into existence through an emanation of God's creative power. However, God does not create evil through a direct emanation from himself because since he is totally good, rather he creates evil indirectly by a removal and absence of emanation so initially God transmitted an emanation that would give rise to good then he held back part of this emanation causing its arrangement to become damaged and this process gave rise to evil and in the subsequent stage he created actual beings incorporating into them this evil that had already come into existence so before God brought the world into actual existence he prepared everything on the level of potential existence. And this is the level of the divine emanations. By briefly holding back his emanation to the ultimate extent, evil came into existence on this level of potential existence. So then he reversed the process by turning back towards creation, once more revealing the light of his presence. And in this way, the emanations were now set up in a, such a way as to allow the world of good and evil to survive for the time decreed. And through this system of emanations, God guides the world to its ultimate perfection when evil will be totally destroyed. All of creation and the forces that govern it are part of one complex, interconnected system. The purpose of this system is to allow man to serve God by elevating himself and perfecting the world. 
And therefore God made the entire system depend on the actions of man. So just as one small cog can dictate the movements of all the other cogs within an interconnected mechanism. Although evil in itself is purely negative and destructive, when it's built into this interconnected system, it becomes a vehicle for good in three ways. And the first way is from the darkness of evil, we will ultimately recognize the light of God's perfection at the end of history. Number two, through overcoming all the tests and challenges that evil creates, we gain very great merit. And number three, the existence of evil gives us the task of perfecting the world through which we become God's partners, partners in creation. So now, now let's continue here with the dialogue between the rabbi and the students. And so the rabbi says here, in reality, people could bring about this revelation through the merit of their own deeds. Because here it notes that we learned on previous, the previous sessions that the revelation of God's perfection and oneness can come about through the positive actions of man himself or through suffering and punishment. Having briefly described the way of suffering and punishment, let's now outline the first more positive way. And so here he continues and he says, they could recognize the truth and abandon the false ways of this world through their desire to come close to God. And they would have to come to the clear realization that anything contradicting the path God has commanded is part of the evil that he chose to create through the concealment of his perfect goodness. And they would then reject the deceptive illusions of this world and choose to draw themselves close to the hidden and concealed light, the life-giving light of the presence of God. Because here it notes that all evil is caused by the concealment of the, of, of the light of God's presence. And by rejecting evil and choosing good, this concealment is removed. And one draws close to the light of God's presence, which is the source of all life. So now here he continues, if they would all do, do all this, the revelation of God's oneness would be brought about by their own actions. And they would hasten the ultimate redemption. And God would then have no need to reveal his oneness through the travails of a prolonged exile, since they would have recognized the truth for themselves, that would be enough. The truth would now be clear. Having experienced evil and recognizing it for what it is, and having made the decision to separate themselves from it and attach themselves to God's true oneness, they would have done everything necessary. And here it notes that there would no longer be any need to inflict suffering and punishment in order for his oneness to be revealed in the end. Since man would have voluntarily recognized God's oneness and separated himself from evil, that would have been enough. Now here he continues, and this is because the whole purpose of creation is only that people should come to recognize the truth of these matters with absolute clarity. As a result... They would have delighted from then on in the experience of the true reality that had been revealed to them. Once all this had been revealed to them, nothing else would be necessary. Note that this was the situation of Adam, as he'll explain. It is important for, for you to understand this matter properly. Had God created a world that was totally good, 
without any evil whatsoever, then the human mind could not have had any concept of evil. And as a result, it would have been impossible to understand God's oneness in its total sense, as he explained before. So, however, once God created a world that included evil, the human mind was certainly able to have a conceptual awareness of evil and through this to recognize the true nature of God's oneness. Adam already knew about the existence of evil, and this was the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which God forbade him to eat from. And despite this, he was deceived into thinking that it was something desirable to look at and good to eat and attractive as a means of gaining knowledge. As it says in the verse, the woman saw that the tree was good to eat and desirable to the eyes. So we see that Adam was already aware that there was a possibility of making a mistake, God forbid, and falling prey to the notion that there are two competing powers that rule the world or to any of the other false ideas that make this that, that the snake suggested to them. And there's a note here. It says here that Adam felt that there was something to be gained by going against God's explicit command not to eat from the tree of knowledge. The snake convinced them that by eating from the tree, he would be able to be like God and create worlds. Had he really understood that God is the only power in the world and he controls everything that happens, he could never have thought such a thing. He must have convinced himself that there are two competing powers in the world or one of the other false beliefs described in the previous uh, lesson. So now Adam was extremely wise and he should have used his wisdom to evaluate the situation properly. In fact, his wisdom already enabled him to see the truth on a conceptual level. He knew that anything contradicting the true path of perfection that God had shown him was false and deceitful. It was part of the evil God created in order to reveal his absolute oneness and to test man so as to give him reward. Had he withstood the test and actually strengthened his faith rather than allowing himself to be deceived by the negative inclination, he would have attained a true understanding of God's absolute oneness. He had already seen that what evil was and gained a conceptual awareness of it. And through his wisdom, he also realized that all evil was created by God only as a means to reveal his glory. All he needed to do was to strengthen his faith and not disobey God's command. And even that was only until the onset of Shabbat, as our sages have told us. So then God would have brought about in one day what in the end would take 6,000 years of history to achieve. God would have removed all evil from the world in one brief moment and Adam would have experienced the absolute truth of God's oneness, something he had believed until that point through faith alone. But right in the beginning, Adam was seduced by his desires and cravings. He therefore created distorted ideas for himself in order to justify what he wanted to do. And this is similar to the statement of our sages. The Jewish people only became involved in idol worship in order to allow themselves to openly engage in forbidden relations. So indeed, the sages said Adam ended up denying the oneness of God. And here it notes that the Torah commands us to behave morally. When a person has a desire to sin, he must first cast off the restraints of the Torah. In order to do this, he convinces himself that there are various gods or powers in the world. 
And by worshiping these idols, he creates for himself a world view that allows him to indulge his desires as he, as he wishes. So too, Adam desired to go against God's will and eat from the tree of knowledge. So therefore, he convinced himself that God was not all-powerful and denied his oneness. So he continues here and says, as a result of Adam's sin, it became necessary for him to personally experience what he did not want to grasp through knowledge and this would involve experiencing through the course of human history the reality of evil itself and seeing how in the end it makes way for the total dominion of God's goodness even though it had previously been allowed to wreak, wreak such havoc and destruction and so this would be through the travails and difficulties of this world that were decreed on Adam and this way man will eventually attain the faith that he was unwilling to achieve at first. However, now he would have to strive at this understanding through the direct experience of each aspect of evil, whereas Adam could have grasped the whole thing with total clarity all at once. The same was true for Adam's descendants as well. Had they wanted to grasp the truth of God's absolute oneness and use their wisdom to make this knowledge part of their very being, that would have been enough. All that was needed was for them to come to this realization. Once it would have been clear to them, nothing else would have been necessary. But they did not manage to bring this about through their own actions. Instead, they followed deceptive, superficial falsehood and accepted all those evil ideologies that he mentioned previously in these lessons. And so therefore, God must reveal to them what they were unable to grasp through their own knowledge. And he does this by hiding his presence more and more until evil predominates in the world to the ultimate extent, just as we see now in our present exile. And this is what our sages referred to when they said, there is no day whose curse is not greater than the previous one. But in the end, the one master will suddenly enter his palace and his glory will be revealed before the entire world. So now that God's presence is so greatly hidden from the world, attitudes have become totally distorted and man's actions have become corrupt. And as a result, the world itself has become damaged and lessened in stature. And this is what the sages meant when they said the original superior taste of fruit has been taken away. And we are witnessing with our own eyes all the other terrible things that our sages told us about. The world is desolate and void. In fulfillment of the words of the sages, insolence will abound. People will crave for honor. Wisdom will be scorned. Those who fear sin will be despised. The truth will disappear. And all of this is due to the intensification of the power of evil. But when the time comes for God's glory to be revealed, proper attitudes will return. People's actions will be corrected and they will be drawn close to God. As it says, I will pour my spirit of wisdom and truth upon all people. One will no longer need to teach another about God's existence because everyone will know me young and old alike. The whole world long will long to elevate themselves through attachment to God's holiness. As it says, many nations will go to each other and say, let's go up to God's mountain, the Temple Mount in Yerushalayim, and he will teach us about his ways so we can follow his paths.
We see this in Yeshayahu. So the entire natural world will be greatly enhanced and transformed. By all this, as it says, loaves of bread will grow on the mountaintops. We see this in Tehillim. The wolf will dwell with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the kid. We see this in Yeshayahu. And there's a note here that says the evil and violence will disappear even from the animal world. And Adam's punishment that you shall earn your food by the sweat of your brow will come to an end. Instead of having to plow the earth, sow and harvest the wheat and then make it into bread, our food will be immediately available in its finished form. Baruch Adonai Leolam Amen Ve Amen.